Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, returning to the show is the one and only Mr. Daft Prawn himself, Frank Mulder. Welcome back to the Colby Cast, Frank. Uh, thank you so much, Colby. Uh, surprised to be asked back, and uh, what a great conversation we're going to have about Kenobi. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. It's a pleasure, and I always have... I'll, I'll jump at the chance always to have a nice conversation with you because every conversation, frankly, uh, no pun intended is, is pleasant with you, Frank. Um, but yeah, you, you alluded to it. I wanted to talk more about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mentioned it on the last episode review with Caleb and Luke. It's over. It's done. This series that we've been waiting for, I could say literally for years, right. Um, is now in the books. It's now available, ready to watch from beginning to end. And we've got no new episode coming, waiting for us this Wednesday. And as a little bit sad as I am about that, I'm also very pleased because now we can sit down and watch it like a big long movie. And then we can also talk about it at length over and over as long as people are interested and i'm definitely still interested so i wanted to to ask you to come along and hear your thoughts on it uh so thanks again um i wanted to start out just getting your ideas or your thoughts about the series itself maybe leading up to it where are you as far as a fan of the character obi-wan kenobi and what was your anticipation level, your excitement level going into the series? Yeah, so uh, Obi-Wan's one of my favorite characters, my favorite light side character. And like many people, it wasn't I wasn't looking forward to a series when it was spoken about first or when it certainly showed it was going to be happening. Like many people, though, I was curious about how that would work. What would be pressing enough to take Obi-Wan away from his duty station of watching over Luke? And that was, my curiosity was piqued by that. Clearly, the creators want to get something solid when it comes to storyline. But what could it have been? And that was always what I kind of hung on to from the very earliest days of the, of the rumors. Yeah, that's an interesting angle because you're right. We have had this character, if you consider the Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, a, a bit of Rebels, small but impactful and important, besides maybe Ahsoka, this character is one of the most fleshed out in the Star Wars saga, right? We have him, if you're looking at screen time with this character, his is it's in the Hall of Fame, right? Because the, he's pretty much the hero of the prequels in my book right he's uh, i remember walking out of revenge of the sith and thinking wow uh obi-wan kenobi give him the golden lightsaber because he went up against darth maul one he went up against um anakin skywalker he defeated him in battle as tragic as it was he defeated general grievous right and even at that point we didn't have the clone wars animated series or it was just going to start and then we've got now seven seasons of more obi-wan kenobi in that show so boy he's really just a very his story is very comprehensive and we have a lot to see from this character so it's a good point that you bring up what more could be said in another series where we get central uh on centralized on the on the series but on the kenobi character i mean but boy oh boy did we ever get a story boy and did we get a story there, you know obi-wan was the first jedi we ever met 
all those years mm-hmm. ago when we first heard of Jedi. It was Obi-Wan, you know, uh, on Tatooine, uh, emerging from nowhere to, to rescue a, an injured Luke. So, yeah, right. From and the, and from we... From the get-go, from 1977, and then his story went on through 1983 and all three of the original trilogy uh, movies, we get him. He was the prototype. He was until, you know, of course, Yoda came along. But then, you know, in our own timeline, we didn't get any more Star Wars until 1999. So he, you're right. He and Yoda were the Jedi for a generation of fans to come to know the Jedi through those two characters. So let, let me ask you this. What were, what, what were your general reactions or what are your general thoughts about the Kenobi series now that it's finished and you've seen everything there is to see as far as we know? Um, how did you like it? I loved it every minute. Uh, wanting to just reference your most recent Kenobi Colby cast, you'd ask everyone to give a word that summed <laughs> it up for them. And for me, it was comprehensive. It felt solid um, from front to back. Um, the, the, the threads of the stories of the characters we already knew were tied up beautifully as far as I'm concerned, for, for my liking. Um, the newer characters those threads are a place where they can go off where they need to. Like you're saying, that those original characters that we've known for many years through many media, many types of media, that's very neat for me. But where Reva goes, some of the other characters, where the path will lead us, what path will that take us on, is what's really interesting to me. So it was comprehensive in my book. Um, maybe some people have spoken about there possibly being a second season. I'd love it. Yeah. Don't need it. I I really do feel that this w- was beautifully written, masterfully written. I agree with you. I, I really do. And and it's so nice to feel that way. And to be quite honest, and I've said this before, uh, I'm eight years old again when I watch any Star Wars. I don't care if it's a Clone Wars episode or Rebels or if it's a, a sequel trilogy movie uh, or if it's even a trailer, to be quite honest. If it's a new trailer that's coming out, uh, I love to see a new image of that galaxy. I love to see a new corner of that galaxy. And when I watch these things, I am, again, eight years old sitting in the theater uh, watching Return of the Jedi. And mm. that's part of the experience right it's not the whole thing but it's part of the experience and for me it's a big part of it so watching this show week after week watching the the character and seeing these new things that we're learning about that time frame was just thrilling for me so i i love that word comprehensive because you're right it did it went so much deeper than they really had to right they could have kept it a very basic straightforward obi-wan story and people would have loved it but they decided to make something i think that is of great value uh, for the fandom something that we can be entertained by as well as learn something and bring something for ourselves bring something out of it and um be changed a little bit by it, be educated, have our eyes open to different perspectives. And I think that that was really one of the most valuable things of the series is that Deborah Chow and the writers decided to not just make an exciting Star Wars story, but something that is of value to us as well. So, so glad that it exists. 
So let's get into a highlight conversation. Mm. So many things that we could say. So I just thought it would be fun to hear your thoughts and to be able to share them with anybody that wants to listen to them as well, give mine as well, and just talk about some of the things that we love the most about Mm. this series. So feel free to, to kick it off. Okay, yeah, there, there is one that comes to mind, funnily enough, and, it, and it's what a lot of people have mentioned about the, the, the pace of the first episode, which was when we see Obi-Wan, or Ben at that point, experience a very mundane life. Yeah. And as far as we know, when we first meet him, the same things every single day. Must be getting up, going to work wherever that may be, wherever there is one of these big sand creatures crashed into the ground that they're needing a butcher. And, you know, do that all day. Steal a little bit for your EOP for, for its supper and back home again. And, and from what we understand or from what we're shown, that's day after day after day. And still venturing out every once in a while just to take a look across the sands to see how, how, um, how Luke is. Like I say, some people found it mundane. I, I found it really um, a, a great insight. I think it was important, especially with where the character was taken afterwards and where he'd come from as well. Like you mentioned with the Clone Wars being a general, he was into every high-profile place. Through a lot of the books as well, you know, him and Anakin were almost like the poster boys for the Jedi Order, for the Republic. And now we, all these years later, and he's like many of us, gets up in the morning, goes to work, comes home following day the same routine again and again and again and never a complaint because it's it's a responsibility he's given it's a guard duty that he accepts and he does it to 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 the nth degree there's nothing that's going to take him away from that until something does well said, and that's something that I I don't have that on my list, but I'm so, I'm so glad that you brought it up because it gives me a chance to comment on it too. I, I called it after that first episode. I called it a Groundhog Day existence, right? <laughs> like the old the old Bill Murray movie where the same thing is happening over and over. And as people get older, and I don't know when it happens for everybody, but I, I don't think it really happens too much with young people. But as we all get older, I think it's inevitable to feel that, that you're just in a rut, that every day is just something is some something is the same as the day before. And I thought that Deborah Chow did a masterful job in showing us what that looked like for Obi-Wan and with the sequence that you're talking about. Holy smokes. Three times I think we saw it. Same thing. Same beats. Same scenario over and over and over and i agree with you i thought that that did a great job showing us what he's been doing and then when you add in the guilt that he's experiencing yes he's still driven by a mission but then he also is dealing with the guilt of failure the guilt of losing what they what they were fighting for as a jedi order um boy it it painted a bleak picture and one of the things I've always loved about Obi-Wan is the is his perseverance and his resilience. But this was not that, right? This was so much darker and hopeless, but we couldn't have gotten the payoff that we ended up getting if we didn't get that established in the beginning. Uh, and I think it was wonderful. Absolutely. 
And it was, it was a, gonna... a rough existence as well, you know. I mean, seeing him day to day in that job, the foreman, it was a cruel existence. Like you say, I mean, Owen referred to him once upon a time as a crazy old hermit. Yeah. Probably was. I mean, he lived in a cave, yeah. uh, like you say, tormented by his past, all the yep. loss and, and, the, and the, the torment and the, the anguish he's had to experience. Yeah, I agree absolutely with you. It's interesting that you bring up Owen too, because um, the the interaction that we see early on with with Ben and Owen, you know, and we can understand Owen's perspective, but is not pleasant as well. is it, very, very. It would be very hard, I would assume, for Obi Wan to deal with, because here he is. He's dedicated the rest of his existence, however long he's needed, to protect this child, and Owen wants nothing to do with him. Right, he wants yeah. nothing to do with him, so that's got to be uh, an uphill battle he has to fight every day too. Um, I'm going to skip way ahead though with one of my highlights, and I'm going to bring up basically everything that happens uh, on the Fortress Inquisitorius and during that rescue. Mm. So we're shooting ahead to, I believe it's Episode Four. Lot happens between your point and this point, but I I really I really enjoyed this episode and this sequence. Um, first of all, getting to see the Inquisitorius, uh, the Fortress Inquisitorius. I have not played Jedi Fallen Order. I don't have a ton of time for video games, but I've heard a lot of people who have, and and how much fun it was to see a live action show reference that location from that video game. So, and I think it's something that star Wars is excelling at is bringing in every aspect of Canon. We've got book references, comic references, video game references, animated show references, all happening now on the mass viewed Disney plus shows. And I think that they're doing a great job at that. But specifically during this rescue um, attempt, we get to see Leia in just shining and and when doesn't she shine right i mean this whole series has done so much for leia as a character and what a magnificent job uh the actress vivian did uh portraying her absolutely hall of fame level i'd love to see more of her don't need to see it but i'd love to see it because she was just so good at it and we get to see her go toe-to-toe with reva of all people we get to see her getting you know clamped in to uh, um that whatever those restraints Mm-hmm. And she doesn't budge. She never compromises her courage. And that's just so Leia, right? And gosh, that was wonderful in that entire sequence. Uh, we also uh, get to see Tala just in full imperial form, pulling rank against that one initial security person and how effective she was and how convincing. Then we get to see her go in and and do the whole stealth the guy in the chair thing for Obi-Wan, right? Guiding him through. Um, I don't know if I could call it a highlight because it's so sad, but the fact that we got to see this Jedi tomb, Mm. just, my goodness, speaks, holy smokes, just there's so much story to be told just in that one room. I don't know if we're ever going to have it referenced again, but just that they dropped that on us was so heart-wrenching and powerful but really this is sort of where we see obi-wan get his groove back right because in the beginning of this and up up 
up to in the beginning of this episode, we see him trying to move a small object in in a starship somewhere and having a mm-hmm. tough time doing it. And by the end of the episode, he's holding back an ocean worth of water long enough to save those that he needs to save. And what a what a fun Star Wars rescue sequence. It's right up there with anything else you want to see on the Clone Wars or Rebels or even the Death Star uh, sequence in the first movie. So, yeah, the the Fortress Inquisitorious Rescue is certainly something that I will love to go back and rewatch and look forward to. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Action-packed from front to back. And I can't agree more. Uh, Vivian, Lyra Blair, an amazing little actor. Uh, I, I hope we see her again. I love there's a hashtag, little layer. You get a little layer. Icon come up, fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Action packed from front to back. Uh, those scenes with with Reva, absolutely matching her all the way along. Yeah. Even to a point of playing Reva, and and kind of getting to that kind of fist clinch. Oh, you almost got me there, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> really tricky with Reva. Um, with you mentioned Jedi Fallen Order. I'm playing again through now. I don't get an awful lot nice. of time to play, but I'm playing slowly through now. I played through once when it first came out, and I don't have great recollection of, of all that stuff, but I am looking forward to returning to uh, Fortress Inquisitorious uh, on the Xbox. Um, right, and you see a, what a different perspective now you're going to have, and you're going to have these new things, these new ideas that this show has put in all of our heads when you go back to that, that location. That's I'll be looking be for fun. a tomb, and it probably won't be there. But uh, right, <laughs> but, but the tomb's fascinating as well. Uh, you know, something else we started um, watching, uh, rewatching was Rebels, and like you mm-hmm. said about the tombs with those almost amber-looking uh, vaults. And when you see pictures, you know, I use the Star Wars card uh, card trader an awful lot, and the weekly sets have given some beautiful images through all of the episodes. And there is one of that hallway. And you see it just for a moment, really, from a distance mm-hmm. with Obi-Wan very small in the distance at the end of it. And there's a lot of chambers there. There really is an awful yeah. lot. And it makes me wonder who else is there. And right. the, the the time difference between, like, because we saw Terra Sanube from mm-hmm. the lightsaber last episode of uh, Clone Wars. He helps Ahsoka yep. get a lightsaber back. So we see him in it. And then the youngling. Well, yes. it strikes me as those events are years apart. So yes. at what point in the past did somebody start collecting or harvesting, however this is happening, Jedi and storing yeah. them away? That's a big mystery. I don't know if we're ever going to get the answer to, but it's a fascinating thing from, from my perspective. And Star Wars does it so well, right? They just drop these images or these ideas or a line or a look even that could be explained explored somewhere down the road and they it's just all over the galaxy right and yeah. uh it, this is just another wonderful example of it and you're right it did go on it seemed like for a long time and mm. i believe in certain images you can see that it's two floors it's two stories there yeah. are there's another set of those chambers that we see above the chambers that we do get to see so my gosh they they have it's such a it's a really horrific thought but they have a lot of those types of prisoners and yeah are they in some kind of cryo freeze are they gone completely we don't know and that's part of the intrigue of the show so yeah, uh, yeah. and then not, and that's not even mentioning the number of 
lightsabers that we see on display throughout the certain rooms of the mm. the fortress and even um, younglings helmets as well uh, mm. almost on display like a museum kind of thing so it's really a a scary type of thing and lots of lots of story that can be told in any type of medium so yeah, we'll see what the future question, brings there kind of brings a question is, is it a lab or is it a museum is it a trophy room and and that that's yeah you know, we saw in rebels uh, luminara and Dooley. she was the one that, that pops up in rebels and i don't remember that particular episode particularly well or that little storyline particularly well but we see her in a very very similar situation so yeah hopefully we'll get yeah. something soon well, we'll, there's no doubt we're going to get something <laughs> mm. because they did it for a reason and oh, yes. what, how it's going to look and when it's going to come, we don't know, but that's part of the beauty. I think something to always look forward to. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what your next highlight is. Yeah. I think mine's probably got to go to, uh, to Tyler again. I mean, you just mentioned her in that episode on the, on the fortress. Um, I didn't know the actress. I, I did have to look up her name and it's Indira Varma. Um, she looks familiar. I've seen her acting in other things, but I did not know her, her name as an actor. But what you just mentioned there about her, her, her performance in that encountering, well, if we go back to, to uh, Mapuzo, where we first see her, and, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan's being double-crossed by Freck, Leia and he are in terrible danger, surrounded by Imperials, probe droids out looking everywhere for him, and he's identified, and she comes to the rescue. And at that point, of course, you don't know. This Imperial transport turns up, stormtroopers storm off, you hear shots, and they're all laying smoldering on the ground, and she's done it as yeah. an operative of the path. Um, like was mentioned a while back, you know, is, is this, this is clearly going to go into the way of the fledgling rebellion. But yeah. right now, just people here and there who are making this network to, to help people out primarily Jedi, we understand, but whoever needs it. And mm-hmm. it's just such a shame that in this series, her such a fantastic character was lost. Um, when we when we see her uh, on uh, Jabim, where the, the path Jabeem. HQ places, you know, and and she has to lay her life down to, to let the people she's protecting, uh, other operatives, and Obi-Wan, of course, uh, make, a, make an exit. I mean, how absolutely crushing. Um, yeah. Beautifully written character. Um, another we see in the kind of in the mold of Leia, uh, those kind mm-hmm. of characters who will put everything on the line, um, even to the point of, of showing her that holster she has with the little notches cut in. These are all of them. I, I get a feeling it was missions rather than people, but all of the missions that she's, and I don't know, there must be right. 15 or 20. Yep. And, and it seemed clear that this, this was a moment where she was not going to make it out. And she knew that. I mean, Ned B was given a cover. Obi-Wan was yep. like 20 feet away calling to it. Yeah. He would have charged right back in, but it's like, yep. no, you have to survive in the grand scheme of things. I'm expendable. You need to take all these people, get them safe. It's important you survive. She shoots that door panel, it shuts. Of course, he, he calls her name out, and she's gone and lost. I mean, it brings a, yeah. a lump to your throat just thinking about that kind of a, a character that we knew for a very short time, but had that much impact. 
I agree. I'm so I'm so glad you brought up Tala because the next thing on my list was going to be the path in general, and Tala is is a massive massive part of that. So I, I can't um, I say anything more about her that, that you haven't said, and most definitely can't improve upon what you've said. But I do think that her character the loss of her character as disappointing as it is that we're not going to get more stories going forward with her. I think it was brilliant because these things have to have a cost, right? We saw the cost when we lost Wade in the rescue mission on the, on the fortress, but this really ratcheted up the stakes when you lose a leader like Tala and you see what she's willing to do with people looking at her, Right. And the formation and the formative kind of lessons that Leia can bring from her. And boy, just a, like you, you mentioned, we get a short amount of time with her, but how impactful, how powerful of a time frame is it? And then for Obi-Wan to take that holster and pass it on to Leia, you know that that's just something that is daily inspiring Leia to become a leader a stronger person and be prepared for whatever may be coming because of the experience that, that she saw with Tala. Um, but that's, you know, widening the focus out a little bit more and just talking more about the path in general, which is the next thing on my list is how nice it was as a star Wars fan to see what most likely is. And you mentioned it, the budding rebellion, the, this isn't the rebellion that we see in Rebels, not clearly not the rebel rebellion we see in Rogue One or in A New Hope. This is the, maybe the grandmother or the mother of that rebellion, and it had to start somewhere. And I loved the idea that it started with helping people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about attack. It wasn't about destruction. It was about saving people and helping people. And that is a beautiful way of painting that picture and framing what we may see in Andor, which I'm expecting to be a pretty heavy series. But will we see members of the path pop up there? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Um, I don't know how, how, where it's going to exist in the time frame of what we just saw with the path. But there's going there's naturally going to be overlap mm-hmm. uh, and to see it just brought up that way and the rebellion coming from a place of help and and saving is a, a lovely thought um, and my last uh, my last idea about the path though is is Roken and yeah. what a wonderful character he is and how how much I'm looking forward to seeing him as well because yeah. they most definitely wrote that last line of his for a mm. reason <laughs> yeah. when he looked at obi-wan and said i'm just getting started boy oh boy i'm looking forward to seeing what else we have in store for that character yeah. just wonderfully done if i can just elaborate on you i love what, everything you've said there about the path and and this while of conversations of this kind something you just brought very fresh this moment to my mind is when they lose wade and they're back on the ship and it's was Wade. It makes yeah. me wonder if to that point whether they were very passive. I mean, when they took those airspeeders out, they said they're for hauling sewage. They seemed yeah. very, very much just secretive in the background. We even says we'd heard whispers, rumors about this path, and we, we found something similar to, this, uh, similar to this somewhere else. 
It makes me mm-hmm. wonder if they were very secretive. And like you say, they were not combatant at that point. That's clearly where they're going. Well, I guess you're soldiers now. You know, the line yeah. comes up. And, and yep. that's, that's, that's great. And again, that's why I love this kind of conversation. I've not thought about that. Maybe that's it. Maybe they weren't familiar with loss. Maybe they were, you know, the, obviously she had the holster marked up, but maybe it wasn't through they'd been out doing things in a combat manner. It was just they went out yeah. with a mission and they returned from it. And now yep. they're suddenly on Nur at the Fortress Inquisitors, losing friends and, and comrades, allies. Wow, I, I love that thought. You've just um, yeah, it's definitely. I, I think you know we see an experience lost through Roken because mm. he talks to us about his wife, but he's a leader. He's somebody in a in a rare position, and the people that you know Wade and I'm sorry, but the character's name is evading me. But the, but Wade's uh, other the other pilot that Sully. went with him to Sully. Yes, okay, thank you, Sully. She even says it. I think, or someone says it at the beginning before that mission. We're not soldiers, which mm-hmm. is wonderful setup for Tala's line after the fact. I guess you're soldiers now that you referenced, right? So the I, I do think that this is an organization that is just working in the shadows taking people from point A to point B and hooking them up with who needs to take them to point C. I don't think that there's conflict. I don't think that there's engagement until this, this moment, until this mission where Obi-Wan and Tala are saying, well, we're going to go get Leia. So you guys can come or not, but we're going and they choose to go. And that changes everything for this, this whole organization to, and to think, and I never really thought, you know, in an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, that we're going to see maybe something that's a catalyst to turn one group of people from one thing to another that will lead to a, uh, a, an all-out rebellion. Um, just another one of the brilliant strokes of this of this series. So yeah. so happy that we so happy that we have it. Uh, what's next on your list? Okay, I, I think I'm going to kind of go to the, the the two ends, the front and the back end of the series. Going back to 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 one. Episode one again, where we're seeing Obi Wan cut from the from the Force to the polar opposite of that. Um, like we, well, like I do not recall in any live action kind of Force powers or usage of Force powers to that, that extent. And I'm curious about a thought, and I, I know this is a format of another show that we are very very uh, uh, familiar with. But just early today, I was thinking, could cutting yourself off from the force be a force power? Because it, mm. it seems like it's a floodgate. It seems like it's a tap. And it's not the first time, well, it's the first time we've seen it this physically. But in The Last Jedi, we saw Luke from a place of, I'm not connected to the force. I'm cutting myself off from it completely. I'm not using it. I'm not aware of anything going on around me that isn't something seen or touched to taking on Kylo Ren on crate. So I'm wondering if this is like a, you need to have the ability. You don't just say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. There's conscious effort involved. So I'd like to think shutting yourself off from a force from the force is a force power. And if that's the case and the result of it being opened back up, is what we see, like you say, Obi-Wan during the Fortress Inquisitorious escape, holding back an ocean through a window. <laughs> and then again, 
lifting up chunks of the ground and hurling mm. them. It's like, wow, what two extremes of the same power. One completely switch it off and one, okay, let's dial it back up again. So it's, it's again, one of the things I like so much about Star Wars is the, 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 the mysterious parts of the Force, the mysticism of the mm-hmm. Force, which is why I like Rebels so much. Yeah. So it's not really a highlight, but it's just an observation about these are the two extremes that a well-practiced, well-trained Jedi can go to, and they couldn't be more different. I think it's such a cool idea. I had never thought of it like that. And I, I looked at it as, okay, a Jedi that's not, you know, his skills have eroded, so you have to take time to build those skills again. It's like, um, this is not a very elegant example, but I think, well, it's what came into my brain. So this is what we're going with. It's like when you are working in a, in a job that requires physical labor every day, maybe you're out on a ranch and you're using your muscles every single day. And then all of a sudden you get a desk job and you sit at a desk job for five years and your muscles erode and your skills erode, your strength goes away. If you want to build up that strength again, you have to spend time doing that, doing sit-ups and pull-ups and push-ups and squats and doing all that working your muscles back into shape but no maybe a jedi doesn't have to do that maybe to continue my very unelegant example it's like a rehydrated food right a dehydrated food where you add water boom all of a sudden you have a nice bowl of noodles in front of you where five minutes ago it was just you know dried up useless nothing right so as soon as those jedi they turn that 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 tap on boy, the skills just come right back. We've seen it happen now with two, and maybe it is a skill that you have to develop and something that comes with the mastery of the Force because the two Jedi we're talking about certainly do have that mastery, right, with Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker at the time he does this. No doubt they have their skills down. So what a cool idea. Very, very interesting and not something that I had thought about it. So uh, thank you for, for bringing that that up. Uh, It sort of ties into a highlight of mine, um <laughs> with with obi-wan's um display of force prowess and that's that's just the second vader obi-wan fight in the series which i guess would be obi-wan versus vader three if we're counting the episode three encounter which wasn't much of a fight for obi-wan but the fight on that moon in episode six i don't know was that jabim because he did make a u-turn do you think he just went back to jabim a dis a desolate part of it or or were you looking at that as a brand new just a a place to fight where we don't know where that's at yeah i did i did look into that actually because i was curious myself and it, it seems that i think it's pretty broadly considered to be just another nearby planet it okay, seems to be very good it would work it would work as both i think when, when you see it from the surface, it definitely looks different from Jabim. And of course, we did see Jabim fr- from from space as well. So yeah. I think it's a different one. I'd like to know more about it. Well, what a perfect – yeah, I, I would too. And thank you for sharing that. I, I had not looked into it. I didn't know if there was something to look into. I just – you know, it's really not – us as Star Wars fans, we need to know everything, right? We need to know where <laughs> something probably. happens, what the name of that is, and yeah. when it happened. But that's part of the fun. Um, okay. <laughs> but it, yeah. <laughs> but what a perfect setting for this this encounter, right? This face-off, because they use the elements so well, not just to 
bring us a really excellent lightsaber fight, which we get. But it's wow, it's woven into the story. Obi Wan is literally buried. He, yes. you know, for all intents and purposes, should have died. He was buried under earth, you know, in the in the in the earth sense, <laughs> not literally. He's buried under these rocks, and he emerges on another level mm. because through that through that process through that burial he understands what it is that needs to he he get he understands the stakes he's yeah. he has his flash his flashes of leia and of luke and he knows that they're the future and that they need to be saved they need to be preserved and they need to be allowed to live the way that they need to live. And it's yes. all in that moment when he's buried under those boulders. Uh, before that happened, I think Darth Vader tripped him up with some, with some force pushes or pulls with boulders. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan gets out of his grave essentially. And then he just, you know, like you mentioned, he's just pelting Vader with a, almost a merciless attack of these boulders and i sort of i i'm a huge fan of ray skywalker and i love the sequels the last jedi is my favorite star wars movie as a matter of fact and when i saw obi-wan lift those rocks i couldn't help but think back to the last jedi when the theme of lifting rocks was so prevalent right we've got luke skywalker saying the force isn't about lifting rocks and then at the end the way that she saves the resistance is by lifting rocks. And here we see Obi-Wan Kenobi is lifting rocks. And I just thought it was, it's that whole rhyming thing, right? That we love to talk about with George Lucas. Um, Boy, I I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on about this fight. It is probably the highlight for me of the series. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just the fight, but what occurs afterwards, the face-to-face meeting the use of the lightsabers for lighting of the faces when dialogue is being um, delivered. When we see Anakin's face, when we hear that grotesque voice, that's something of Anakin and something of Vader. It's just something new and disturbing. I just, boy, I, I can't, I was enthralled. I couldn't, take my eyes off the screen and i mentioned it in the in in our talk with my talk with the boys with caleb and luke um i think i've now seen it four and it four and a half ish times but every time this scene comes on i it's like i'm seeing it for the first time i can't take my eyes off it's just it's perfect it's perfect yeah oh and that that line in that 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 moment where he says you didn't get anakin i killed anakin skywalker yeah wow yeah. I mean, Amy, Amy took it almost as like, um, as like being forgiven. It was almost like, it, it was to me, it was claiming that defeat. It's like, you thought you had it. And, and again, you know, this is another time where Anakin's left, or Vader is left. Yeah. Reaver asked Obi-Wan, do you want Anakin dead? And yep. as much as it's necessary, I'm not sure he wants to be the one to do it. Yep. I mean, on Mustafar... He left him there. I mean, okay, it's totally reasonable to think that somebody that injured, burning on the shore of a, of a lava river, is going to die. Yeah. 
but that would have been just down to the nature of the environment. He didn't kill him then and again in this one. And when, when he's when he's fighting him, I mean, he's he's attacking the suit. Mm-hmm. That, that that first time Obi-Wan lands a lightsaber strike across him, it's between his shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. The next time he's striking him with the, the hilt in that breather, the chest plate, and then he goes mm-hmm. for the mask. It's almost like he's trying to immobilize him rather than kill him. And yep. he leaves him alive. I mean, in, we see Obi-Wan walking away to a ship and Vader shouting, shouting his name, shouting after him. I'm not sure yep. he has the appetite to do it. He knows it's necessary, but maybe not by him. Maybe stopping yep. him is enough. Yeah. I, um, I I agree with you. And actually, you made me think of Ahsoka right now. And yeah. the the section, I was trying to find the quote because I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to do it anyway because I couldn't find the quote. <laughs> it's when she's talking to Rex and they're they're trying to figure out how they're going to get off of that ship that's going to crash. Uh, and it, it, this is during the the Siege of Mandalore arc. Uh, I believe it was the last episode of, uh, or the second to last, but of the Clone Wars. Anyway, they have to make their way through all these clones to get to freedom to save their lives. And Rex tells Ahsoka, "They're they are not going to hesitate to kill us. That's their job. They don't have a choice. They're going to kill us." And she says something to the effect of, "Every one of those people down there are good men." And I know they want to kill us, but I'm not going to be the one to kill them. And she wants him to put his blaster on stun and she's in all defense mode because even though all those beings out there want to kill her and Rex, she's not going to be the one to kill them. And I, that's one of the, that's one of the things that stuck with me about that episode and that arc. And it was just reinforced again with Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan does not he will not be the one to kill vader and i think that was a brilliant point that you brought up something is going to happen to vader and honestly i think it's um it's a it's a way that we get to see obi-wan's faith restored we see this we see his faith restored through these actions he's going to trust in the force or he's going to trust in the future to take care of itself like he says to owen he's not going to be the one to destroy a life he's not going to be the one to take what he still looks at as a friend even though he looks at him and says then my friend truly is dead he knows that that person is still anakin somehow and he's not going to be the one to end it and i think that that is it goes beyond the cool fandom of star wars and seeing cool action and exciting lightsabers and spaceships and hearing wonderful music and that's a that's a lesson that we can all learn that we need to have that faith um, and not take that life. Right. That's, that's just a powerful, powerful thing because like he says to Reva, something to the effect of um, you showed mercy. So you did not become him. You didn't, you were not him. Right. Because he was not about mercy she showed mercy. He showed mercy. And even though, like you said, leaving him to burn by the side of a lava river is questionable <laughs> at best, mm. he still will not end that life. And I think that that's a powerful lesson. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, like you said, with Reva, um, with that, that redemption arc that she appears to have gone through, you know, provided by Obi-Wan saying, you know, it's uh you you chose that different path. 
you, you chose not to kill Luke. That was the yeah. moment that you said you weren't going to repeat what you saw as being the most heinous, evil actions that you were surrounded by at one point as a child. And she was even able to, to reach that point. Again, she said, well, everyone, you have no idea the things I've done on my own. Mm -hmm. But still, she yep. was the point where it's like, yeah, I can't do that. I can't become this person. I, I had a vendetta many years in the making, surrounded by his minions being one of them with an intention yep. to get revenge. And when it came to it, no, I'm not him. I may have thought I could yeah. be, but I, I can't go there. And to, to, to literally throw her saber down in tears. I, I've said it... Um... I've said it a couple times on different on different occasions, but I love a redemption story. I love a redemption story, and the fact that we really got two redemption stories in this in this series was unexpected and just delightful because we have Reva's redemption and we have Obi Wan's redemption. In a way, he's he's redeemed almost. They almost redeemed themselves, right? Because um, Obi Wan. He, you know, not redeemed in a sense that he went from being bad to good, but he went from being, um, I don't want to say useless, but idle. He went from being idle to being helpful. Because now I could see him going forward and helping create a network that would link together the rebellion or helping people at least find ways to do that. And whether we get a story or not, or whether we get a second season or not, um, I could see him doing that where he was really just sitting on a desert planet, not doing much because Owen and, and Baru were doing a fine job with Luke. He was just not, he was not being useful, but now I can see him being in a place where he will be. And Riva going from that dark place to a place of, she now has experienced hope. Um, just so unexpected and so lovely to have something like this in a series that we can sit here and talk and rewatch and have fun with. So oh, yeah. we are, we are getting along in our, in our uh, conversation, but I know that there's, there's gotta be another highlight out there and I'd love to hear what it is uh, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mine again goes back to Vivian Lyra Blair. Um, the, mm. the, 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 the part of the entire series that, you know, again, puts a lump in my throat, is the moment when she comes out dressed in almost pseudo-Jedi garb, wearing Tala's, yeah. wearing Tala's holster. And she's, what's this, more cousins? And Obi-Wan steps off. <laughs> they have their exchange about her parents. You know, you ask me if I knew your parents. And, well, here's the truth of it. And these are the strengths of one. These are the strengths of another. And you possess it all. And then on top of that, you know, she glances over at Brea and um, um, Bale, and she's, I know, I know enough. This is my family yep. now. I know where I've come from. And she hugs Obi-Wan and calls him by his Jedi name. And, of course, yeah. episodes before in Dayu, she said, what's your name? Ben. It's not a very Jedi name. Well, it's not a Jedi name. Mm. And now it's <laughs> goodbye, Obi-Wan. And, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. I, I, that's that's a real high point of the entire series for me, because the next I time agree. he will hear those words from her, will be in a hologram mm. from R two. <laughs> he does it every time. Lump at the throat. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> 
That's uh, that's Amy making a cameo on on the episode. Hi, Amy. Here's my dinner. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I told you every I, time. I, there's the proof right there. <laughs> well said. Well yeah. said. It's it's so true, uh, and it actually leads again. Thank you. We didn't even set this up, but it leads into my my last point for the episode, which is Obi Wan and Leia. Yes. The the Vader and Obi Wan stuff is, <clears throat> excuse me, a highlight for myself because of the it, it comes back to the um, full circle aspect of things. Oh, my dogs are now making an, uh, a cameo on the on the episode just like uh, Amy just did. So that's appropriate, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so Va- Vader and Obi Wan, yeah, exactly. Vader and Obi Wan help. Um, finish off a story arc that's heavy that's mm-hmm. sad that's very very heavy but obi-wan and leia which is my last highlight they are nothing but light and love yes. and strength and empowerment and and it's just wonderful the my favorite parts are their conversations we got a wonderful conversation in episode 3 when obi-wan talks about the force I, Obi-Wan really knows how to explain the Force, unlike anybody else. I mean, Luke Skywalker does a, a fine job, too. But boy, does he know how to explain the Force. So that one part, another part when they're talking about their family memories, when Obi-Wan admits that he has um, memories of his mother, uh, that maybe he had a brother, that just mm-hmm. rings forward to when Leia and Luke are talking on Endor about her memories of her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, the... The part that always gets me is the handhold um, yes. at the end of episode four, I believe, is it when they're when they've escaped and they've just lost Wade. She reaches out and holds Obi Wan's hand. Uh, I just think, and then he reciprocates, right? He moves his hand to hold hers. Yeah. What a powerful yeah. moment! And then just getting into what you just talked about, which I mm. won't even try to improve upon, but what a perfect way to end this season where obi-wan is where leia is do they ever see each other again again we don't need to see that but if they do i've got enough faith in these storytellers to be confident that they're going to get that right if it's something that they do if they don't it's a perfect place a perfect place to leave it it's just perfect um which you know honestly I think would be a perfect place to leave this, right? Because Obi-Wan and Leia, your point, my point, just who would have thought we'd be sitting here saying these things about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Leia Organa before this series started? If someone were to have come to me and said, oh, look, this is what you're going to be in in store for. First of all, I would have been very upset and said, why are you spoiling things? But secondly, (laughs) I wouldn't have believed it because it never, ever, ever occurred to me that Leia would be the impetus to move him forward in his stagnant stagnant life. Boy, what a brilliant, (laughs) it's just brilliant. And I keep saying it over and over again, but it's perfect. It's just perfect. Um, you know, and here we we've talked a lot of things. You know, talked about a lot of things. We're we're going on on an hour of talking about Obi Wan Kenobi, and we barely talked about Reva, which I think was an, an an immensely important part of the show. But 
you know, we maybe we get more somewhere down the road. She's out there. Will it be in a book? Will it be in a comic? Will it be in an animated show? Will it be in another live action show? We don't know. But she's out there, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, any final thoughts you'd like to share on the series in general or, or anything? The, the only one is one I shared with you a little while ago, and that was where this journey began at Celebration. I know everybody ah, yes. wasn't there, but but what a what a wonderful wonderful way! A complete surprise. Nobody knew until the morning that we were going to get to see, or many of us were going to get to see, in whichever auditorium, whether it was that huge celebration stage or I mean, over in the um, the Galaxy stage, you know, while the streaming stages. But we got to experience those those two episodes, those first two episodes, surrounded by thousands of fellow fans and friends. And the series ended, and here I am again with a friend talking about the the whole thing along the, and, and the journey we've been on over the last yes. month or so. Beautiful. I mean, this, this is something that Star Wars unfailingly does. It, it will provide you a story with real weight, real substance that you can really sink your teeth into. And no matter how long you're a fan, you speak with someone and you go, oh, yeah, that's a great way of thinking about that that I never have. And we're here 40 years later. And it still <laughs> has the ability to, to, to blow our minds in the most spectacular way and in the best way when you're surrounded by friends. Wow. I couldn't put it better. And I agree with you. The future is bright. I feel like this new era of Star Wars storytelling is, is I'm just eating it up. I just love I love it. I really do. I love more stories because they have something of value to tell us. It's not just about putting a product in front of people and Hey, I'll, I'll buy the toys. I'll buy the merchandising. That's always been a part of star Wars. I have no problem with that. Keep making cool things and I'll keep buying them. I agree. But the, the, the core of it all is what you just said. These stories have a timeless element to them and friends and family like us can sit whether it's through a computer screen or outside of the Anaheim Convention Center near, near the fountain and talk about something that happened in 1977 or something that happened yesterday and everything in between. And it's, it's, it's just wonderful as this conversation has been, as most conversations, if not all conversations with you, sir, and Amy. So thank you again for coming back on the show and, and taking the time uh, and sharing your thoughts. Um, why don't you take a second, in case anybody doesn't know, uh, and let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Well, again, Kobe, thank you so much. It's very kind for you to invite me back, especially to talk about something so absolutely magnificent. Uh, out there in the Twitterverse and on Instagram, I'm at Mr. Darth Prawn. I'm usually there with something to do with Star Wars or cats or Star Wars cats. <laughs> Somewhere in between those two points. So that's where I'll be. Oh, but I would be I would be remiss not to mention you do have an affiliation with something else out there and there are some magnificently painted rocks. So uh, if yeah. you guys if you guys if you would like to talk a little bit about that, by all means, please do. Yeah, okay. So this was, uh, I'll keep it brief, but yeah, this was Amy's idea. Um, last Christmas, we, we spent some time in France and we headed down to Strasbourg and we'd heard of kindness stones in the past. Uh, I'd seen one once before, actually in Huntsville up the road. and didn't know what it was, left it where it was, and it kind of the penny dropped later on. But we found two, first ones we'd ever seen. And the idea is, is they're supposed to be just a little 
a little trinket that's left behind. It's a stone that you've made or you've painted, you've crafted in some way that is designed to be a little bit of a pick-me-up for anybody in, in, the, in the day. So Amy thought, why don't we paint some rocks and take them to Star Wars Celebration? So she uh, created an at Star Wars, sorry, it's at un, uh, SW underscore rocks, R-O-X, uh, on uh, Twitter, and we left a bunch around Anaheim. Uh, a few have been found that we know about, you know, uh, I believe you have at least one Jawa. <laughs> but but, there, was, but the, 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 there, was, there was all sorts left around for people to just find. And it was the hope that it would be just a, something to put an extra little sparkle in, in an, an already fantastic day. Well, I have, I have said this from the time I found out about it. I just think it's a wonderful idea. Uh, and I do count myself as one of the fortunate ones to have uh, a Star Wars rock painted by Frank and Amy Mulder uh, and or Frank and Amy Mulder. <laughs> um, but I think that it's 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 a great idea based on these kindness rocks and it's applied to something that we all love, which is Star Wars. And now – and you also have a Twitter uh, – to go and check it out. And if you want to look at them, so by all means, yeah, go on to SW underscore ROX and check out some of the pictures of, of these wonderful little trinkets. And I just think it's such a charming and fun thing. So well done putting some good out there into the force for everybody to experience. And, and again, well done. Well done on uh, on another episode of the Colby Cast. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you might get a few more texts from me saying, "Hey, Frank, you want to talk about this?" <laughs> and you know, I'll always say yes. <laughs> we can't say no, them, can we? You cannot. Say I'm going to no. start building. I'm going to start building dream teams. We're just going to have um, more and more of of all the wonderful voices that I've come to know through Star Wars, and we'll throw some some curveballs out there and maybe we get to talk about some non-star warsy things which i know you have wonderful insights on too so and maybe on the other side that we'll have a podcast as anonymous maybe <laughs> <laughs> well again thank you very much please send my regards to amy and also um you out there if you're listening to us talk about star wars please feel free to uh send in your thoughts on twitter and instagram at the colby cast i'd love to hear what you guys have to say and if you want something read on on the podcast i'm happy to read it so uh you can find us again at the colby cast twitter and instagram and definitely reach out thank you very much for listening you can find the colby cast on twitter and instagram at the colby cast if you're wordy like me you can send an email to the at gmail.com please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts this podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. I'll do, Donkey. That'll do.